Welcome to the uh, the inaugural Fitness in 15 podcast. Um, with the unprecedented times, I'll be drinking the new drinking game. Um, <laughs> we decided that we uh, we're going to start a little podcast. The, the, the sort of the premise of it is it will be 15 minute snippets. Um, we're going to run through a couple of little bits uh, today, just introducing ourselves, um, introducing our uh, sort of topics, and then every every week we haven't decided whether we're going to do two a week or or more if time permits. Um, we're going to discuss a different topic. If you guys want to hear something new, uh, something different, but I'd like to just introduce uh, Mr. Peter Davis, um, good afternoon, gym owner extraordinaire. <laughs> the uh, the leader of the XC3 fitness clan. Um, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Just pottering around this morning. That's about it, really. It's a yeah. strange, uh, strange old time, isn't it? I know. Yeah, you're uh, preparing for a little arrival, aren't you? Yeah, a little dog, a little puppy. So I went to uh, pets at home this morning. Got all the necessary bits and bobs. <clears throat> I'm pretty proud of my little um, poo bag dispenser that I bought, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie. It's a simple to thing. Give you a, a little bit of context. He's actually spent the last ten minutes telling me all about his poo bag dispenser and the cost of Honestly. the antibacterial gel that went with it. It's got antibacterial gel and a torch on the same poo dispenser. Honestly, it's just opening my eyes to a whole other world. I've never Batman's, had a dog before. Uh, it's basically Batman's utility belt. <laughs> you know, I got all the way back home and I put it together. And then I realised it might not fit on the lead. And then when I went to put it on the lead, I realised there's nowhere to actually put it. So I've had to fashion a new like little loop around it. So I'm glad I figured that one out. I've just got this image of you walking around your garden with a, a lead with no dog on it, just trying to practice with a with a, a dog bag dispenser on it. <laughs> you laugh, but I actually did that through the lounge of the kitchen. <laughs> Dragging a kettlebell along. Not even that, just the lead. <laughs> just to see what it was like. See what the weight so, of the bag dispenser was. What and dog are you getting? The of the chat that everybody's getting. I know. Uh, <laughs> 15 minutes. Uh, we are getting a golden retriever. A little girl. Nice. little girl. Nice. So, so, yeah. So, it should be nice. It's, it's going to be um best time to do it, really. Definitely. It? Definitely, got, definitely. A couple of weeks just to get to know the dog and, and whatnot. Enjoy the house training, yeah. eh? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Should be pretty good. So, uh, let's start, Pete. So, if you can give us a little bit of a background on yourself, um, sort of where your interest in fitness came from, um, and just tell us your story. Well, I was, mine started years ago, back through school, really. So, I went to um, I went to school with really, really good sports. Um, and one of the main one of the main reasons I went there was because of the sports, um, and there was just so much to do. There was rugby, cricket, football, badminton, squash, tennis, like literally, absolutely everything. And you could have so much opportunity to do it. So from an early age, I was massively into sport. Um, and then when I left school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew it wanted to involve sport. So originally, I wanted to become a physio, um, but then I didn't. <laughs> you've dodged hell of a bullet there <laughs> but I wasn't very good at I wasn't very good at the uh, biology and all the the little finer bits but I was really good at understanding the concepts of how you want, wanted to train and needed to train 
So I thought that would be a better use of my time and a better avenue to go down. So, um, so yeah, so I've, I've grown up playing rugby. Um, was lucky enough to captain my first 15 at school um, and vice-captain the cricket and had great experiences through there. And then I went to uni. And then when I left uni, um, I just kind of, I went to uni to go to uni, essentially, um, and then came out and my best mate, was um, interested in a personal training course and we'd sort of been discussing it and we'd been training together so I decided to go down that route and then I went and did a personal training course and sports massage therapy with Premier um, God this is years and years ago now um, about 12 years ago and then for some reason I moved to Birmingham and um, so I moved to Birmingham for two years didn't really find my feet and I worked in a Virgin Active and a David Lloyd's and I just hated it absolutely hated it I couldn't there's so many people and you were just everybody became sort of pound signs to you because you had so many targets to hit and I just really didn't enjoy it but whilst I was down there I worked for a um championship rugby team and um, Birmingham Solihull Bees and there was a guy called Russell Earnshaw who was their head coach and that guy is one of the most motivated guys I've ever met in my life and um he worked with um England Sevens as well so I learned a lot from him and then I decided that I would move back up um to Harrogate and I went to a gym in Leeds called CrossFit CrossFit Leeds um run by a guy called Mike Rawlinson and uh, you know one of those moments where you have and you kind of like this is this is exactly yeah, where I want to be definitely what yeah. I want to be doing and so I made, I was home for the weekend and I went, to, I went to meet them and I was still in Birmingham and I literally, I went on the Saturday and then I went back down to Birmingham on the Sunday. I broke up with my girlfriend. I gave a notice on my flat and I moved back home the next Tuesday. And, um, That's pretty and intense few that years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those situations where you go, right, that's where I'm, I need to be. Um, and then... I met a guy called Andy Ruddock um, there, um, and we opened CrossFit HG3 um, back in 2011. And the story and the journey has continued ever since then. And then um, 18 two years ago, I met a lady called Sarah Brooks, who came into the gym and was a, was a member of ours, and she's a personal trainer. And she um, was running our SWEAT program that we launched. Um, which is like 45 minutes conditioning. Um, and then a year ago now, she uh, bought into the business. So Andy and I um, sort of parted ways on really, really good terms. And then Sarah's come in and we've literally just gone from strength to strength since then. And it's, it's pretty unbelievable. So we run now HD3 Fitness, which has been going since 2011. And we are predominantly strength and conditioning based gym. Uh, we have over 200 members. Um, and um, we focus predominantly on movement patterning, getting people stronger, um, and, and just building from basics upwards. Um, and you know, with a rounded complex of strength training, Olympic lifting, gymnastics, um, aerobic capacity work, you name it, we kind of do it. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I guess our USP really is that we a lot of gyms you'll go into and they'll program on like a day-to-day -day basis but we have big macro cycles that we run through so we program on a year's goal so we have a goal that we want the gym to achieve over a year and then that's our plan and then we break it down um and then build it up from there um 
everybody follows the same program unless you're injured and then you get accommodated for um and the sports therapy part of my practice called hit the back burner but it's just been a huge uh huge, it was a massive investment at the time and it's been a really good um avenue to have in the, as, uh, on a background so that you can get more out of the people that you're working with um yeah. so yeah long and short and then and then we met what a couple of years ago well, about a uh, year ago, year and a half ago now 18 months ago i think yeah. hey, the, big, the, the biggest compliment i can give you is that you got me through a one-week free trial and kept me in a crossfit uh, style gym i yeah. think uh yeah. evie, evie joined first and i was the biggest crossfit basher um going and i was like don't go don't go crossfit is awful yeah. and then she came back i think three or four times after she'd been to a class told me how good it was so i was like uh training at pure gym in town at the at the time with all the um first wearing um fellas let's not say any more than that and the <laughs> um picture taking ladies in the uh the mirrors uh, yeah. And I was looking for a bit of a different environment, came down to the gym, uh, saw it was more than just your traditional CrossFit, let's bash each other up, let's train as hard as we can, let's throw some uh, barbells about and uh, slap our chests. It was a hell of a lot of structure, a hell of a lot of uh, thought going into it, a lot of knowledge. Um, and I've pretty much been in there five to seven days a week, every week, over the last eight, 18 months, yeah. So oh, wait, oh, it's... Uh, I think when you came in, we'd we weren't cross well. We we haven't been a CrossFit affiliated gym or really following anything to do with CrossFit. But CrossFit had a big path to shaping who we are as a gym. Yeah. And, um However, we decided that the CrossFit methodology was good, but it there's more to it. There's more to to what fitness is. Um, we haven't been. It's really hard because we still get called a CrossFit gym. Yeah, but yeah. It, like, the, but then again, now, and I think this would be a really good subject to talk about at some point. There, everything is CrossFit now. Everything yeah. is constantly varied functional movement performed at high intensity, and then yeah. with elaborations either side of it. Yeah, I, th I think it, I think I maybe did you a bit of a disservice by saying CrossFit style. I think the fact it's uh, if you stood outside without a name on there, you'd see a rig. Oh God, you think a, it big, was... a big a big space, and it's. Uh, it's a hell of a lot more than that, definitely. Yeah. I think over the last, especially over the last six months, it's it's you've blossomed and the gym's blossomed and uh, the, uh, the the pub quiz with how many people last night? It was about 60, 65 it's, people on it, wasn't there? It's, uh, wow. It shows it shows the the culture and the environment that's been built. So it's it's amazing. I think I think it what I found there was that sort of your philosophies fit with my values and my my beliefs of. Uh, movement first, looking for that extra one percent, um, and sort of pushing the the boundaries within a, a very sensible and sort of evidence based way, really. Well, that that brings us on to a nice point. Of what's your, where have you come from? How have you got here? Um, yeah. Yeah. so very similar to you. Um, growing up, it was all about sport. Played cricket sort of six days a week. Um, football, never really played rugby, despite being from a little town outside of Hull, uh, where rugby league is the only thing that's good about the, the place. Um, I'm never playing rugby league in Hull again. I'll tell you about that another time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, football and rugby, played football through the winter. Um, sorry, cricket and uh, football, and then cricket through the summer. That was the main sport, really, running 
through the uh, sort of the Yorkshire system and, and trying to push on towards sort of a professional career. Um, when I was 16, 17, uh, hit the biggest stumbling block I had with uh, sort of severe unexplained back pain. Couldn't change it, had scans, nothing there. Constantly been told, rest, 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 rest. It'll be fine, it'll be fine. And so 18, 24 months later, I'm still there playing a couple of games and then can't play because my back, can't play because my shin splints. Um, and I just, through pain? Oh, through pain massively. And, and just, yeah. So, so I, I remember one day really clearly I was playing up in two beats on the edge of a cliff and we bowled first. I was opening ball. I think I bowled two overs and physically couldn't move uh, after that. No, and, and so I've spent eight hours running around in a field, try, I came back on, tried to bowl, couldn't finish the over. And I just remember the, the, the thoughts or the, the feelings of uh, frustration, upsetment, anger as why I wasn't getting an answer. So I sort of went on this path trying to find the answers for myself. Um, yeah. And I sort of, I'd always had an ambition of being playing professional sport. Uh, unfortunately, time-wise, whether I'd have made it or not, who knows. Um, but it, it took me on a journey of sort of physical development, uh, injury rehabilitation and, and how to optimise the human body for sort of performance. And, and I think of performance as in everything. Um, yeah. How you sleep, how you, your nutrition, like what's your alertness like through the day. You still have to be able to perform just to do this podcast. You have to be able to perform to, to look after your kids and I'll probably sort of from the outside looking at my stuff that I put out there now, I probably look like, oh, the whole high performance, but it's, I try and encompass that within everything. So I ended up looking at physiotherapy as a career, um, went to sixth form, uh, fucked around a lot, didn't get the grades that I needed to get, ended up doing a sort of sports science and conditioning injury rehab uh, degree all blended into one and, and was fortunate enough to to actually sort myself out, get my ass in gear during the second and third year and, and get onto a, a master's. And then I kicked on from there, really. And sort of the, the biggest uh, mentor I ever came across was a, a chap called David O'Sullivan. And I, I still um, sort of tune in. I'm still paying for my time. And I think that's something that we can we can talk about in a, a future podcast as well, about people yeah, actually paying for people. Paying for time. Yeah, paying for time, learning what what the value is in doing that. Um, I think that would be a really good topic, especially coming from sort of a, a personal training side and then a physiotherapy yeah. side. And I, for the last five years, I've spent working in um, professional sport. Um, I've worked rugby league, rugby union. Uh, I've worked in international sport with uh, the RFL, England rugby league. Um, been to a World Cup over in Australia with uh, the England women, which was a fantastic experience. Unreal. Um, yeah, and it sort of just led me to a path. And I think, like you say, we met 18 months ago, uh, paths collided, and, and we've both, so I know I certainly have, have learned a hell of a lot from you in terms of how I look at performance now um, yeah. and how you can blend things together and, and get it, sort of train different, different physical qualities. Uh, and been lucky enough and fortunate enough to to set up a little uh, room within HG3 and, and be just a, a small little part of it in the corner uh, with my with the heaters on. Yeah, but it's becoming a it's becoming a bigger part. I mean, I think half the reason I have to, how, I'm going to make a, a big admission now. When you when um, Evie was came down to the gym and she was uh, telling me about 
you and what you did and whatnot. When uh, you when we get people signing up for a free trial week or whatnot, we get an, an email. So I like I kind of like have a little Google about everybody and try and see like try and find out a bit a bit about people. And I was like, oh shit, this uh, this professional physio coming in and like you know there was a good good rap sheet of a background. And it makes you as a as a PT or as a gym owner, you kind of like you suddenly think, um, right, I'm just going to step up a little bit more here and a little bit more. And then when we sort of started chatting around, just the philosophy that you had was very different to any physio that I'd ever met before. I'd been to physio for back pain um, for God probably about like a year and a half, two years, and just the same bits had been worked on again and again and again. And then, obviously, when we started chatting, your it was very refreshing to hear a very different viewpoint of where pain might come from, and that the the sight of pain is not often the issue of the, the issue, and that it could be coming from multiple different um, uh, positions in the body, which was really refreshing to hear. And I think that from from you know that was one of the biggest things that I got when we first met was actually hold on a minute there's this guy that's coming in totally looking at a different way of moving and not one physio would explain to me about breath work or the position of your rib cage in relation to the entire rest of your body and sort of like fascial lines and and fascial swings and things like that and that was just a big eye opener and then that that has then we you know I've learned an incredible amount and that has definitely had an effect on the members that we've got in the gym and, and the way that we now coach people. Yeah, definitely. I, definitely. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And it is, I think it's going to be another one of our topics. We've got so many of them lined up about what pain is, what our experiences of pain are, sort of working with people. And also, because uh, I, I personally think it'd be great for other PT therapists, uh, coaches to, to hear your perspective on it. Because you're uh, you're really good at actually being able to say right what pain is to your it's not your background but you you've educated yourself on sort of speaking and, and interpreting and explaining things to to your clientele in a way that fills them with confidence as well and I think yeah it's a that's a, a massive think, thing I think a lot of the time people go and they don't actually I think the big part of physiotherapists and and PTs and and coaches and what and whatnot is actually a lot of people want a bit of a pat on the back and a bit of a hug, and to be told that they're going to be okay in in some respects. And a lot of the time, um, that doesn't potentially happen anymore, unfortunately, because there's you know you, there are incredibly good physios out there. They're incredibly good strength and conditioning coaches, but they're also the other the other aspects of them as well. Um, but I think a lot of people need it breaking down and actually going, right, this is how pain works. This is how your body actually works and compensates for it. And then to understand the, the compensations that have then happened to then how we then recompensate for that, to, to make that help that pain go away. Definitely. Definitely. It's all about building resilience physically, mentally, yeah. and it's, uh, it's all a, a part of a process. So we've yeah. we've just passed passed uh, I think seventeen minutes. Uh, obviously, we said we're going to start try and stick to fifteen. Um, next in the next podcast, we're going to talk about movement. Um, 
obviously you can see we've got a hell of a lot to talk about, uh, but we're going to cut it short there. Um, so make sure you hit subscribe and make sure you, you send and we'd absolutely love it if you'd share it, if you'd send it uh, and uh, send it to your friends, share across social medias um, and we'll, we'll hopefully catch you in the second one. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Cheers, guys.